We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date. Detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply. The home of Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEIFM and HD1 Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. This hour of WEI's Football Sunday is sponsored by Feldman Geospatial, where they get it right from the ground up. Football Sunday is brought to you by New England Recovery Center in Westboro and by Kubota Tractor and the New England Kubota Tractor Dealers. Time now for WEEI Football Sunday with Andy Gresh, Christian Arcane, and Mike Cadlick. Now, WEEI Football Sunday. Very busy Sunday here on WEEI, the Six Rings postgame show. We'll be on after the game with Fitzy and Hart. Of course, we got the uh, the news drop on Bill Belichick. And joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline to talk about all of this is our friend Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Tommy. Boston with us on WEI Football Sunday. And no, no real bombshell news here today, huh, Tommy? Just another day getting ready to play football, right? <laughs> yeah, I know it. How about the news of the uh, the uh, supposed long-term lucrative extension between Bill Belichick and the uh, and the Patriots? I know you tweeted some stuff. I don't want to stooge it off. Your thoughts as we are just finding out or at least hearing about this report, Tom Kern. Yeah, I think that's a very good way of putting it, the latter way. Um, trying to confirm that this is the case. It's obviously been something that I've been trying to find out, Bill's contract status really over the last you know month or two to figure out where things stand with him. Um, let's look at it this way. If this is factual, then there's really only three people on the planet who know Bill's contract status. That's Robert Kraft, Jonathan Kraft, and Bill. I don't think that Robert or Jonathan Kraft would be taking a victory lap over having Bill Belichick on a multi-year extension right now. Furthering that, I just did tweet out the last time we heard of Bill Belichick's contract status, I think it was about 16 years ago during Spygate. We might have heard about Bill's status in between at some point. But in 2007, as Spygate was unfolding, Michael Smith for ESPN at the time reported that Bill had signed an extension. So it just leads you to connect the dots. When, when the poop is hitting the fan and things are stormy, Bill might be inclined to drop a dime on his contract status. And I'll also chase that observation with this. Sunday Splash reports 
are incredibly, incredibly luring free in Rappaport. Whether it's, <laughs> Ezekiel, whether it's, whether it's Ezekiel Elliott's going to carry the bulk of the, lo- the load today and have starters reps, whether it's Will Greer might be up, whether it's Tom Brady is going to sign in excess of $30 million the Patriots are willing to go. He reported that on February 2nd, 2020, the day of the Super Bowl. And I, I said to him, I said, what, what are you doing? That, that's, not, that's not the case. And we had a go-around about it, and I realized at that time that the lure of the Sunday splash sometimes proves too great. <laughs> so we're going to try and find out just exactly what this is. The way that Ian phrased it was to say a lucrative, of course it's lucrative, it's Bill Friggin' Belichick, multi-year, so does that mean 2023 and 2024? That's multiple years. Um, extension that's new, whatever that means. So um, we can parse it. We can look at it. We're eventually going to find out, does it mean that Bill Belichick is beyond reproach, beyond touching? We'll see. Um, all right. Well, Tom, let's take the reported face value then just for the purpose of this question. What purpose or what reason, I guess, would the Crafts have to offer Bill something like this at this stage in his career with the team? I mean, I know it was before this season started, but last year wasn't any prize either. What would be the motivation for an extension like this? Well, that's why it's so dubious. There is none. There is none. You know, Gerard Mayo's contract was up after the end of the season. Why did the Patriots make it very public that they were going to be in extension conversations with him? most likely because they want him to be the successor. Robert Kraft basically articulated that at the owners' meetings. Gerard Mayo is not going to sit around the way Josh McDaniel sat around waiting for an assurance that he's going to become the next head coach. So, again, I can't help but go back to dubious. If this is multi-year and it's more than two, I'll be friggin' stunned. If it goes past 2024, I would be stunned. Tom, I wonder what this does to potentially – embolden Bill Belichick if for some reason he wanted to go the other way and try to, believe it or not, add to this team. I know it sounds crazy, but isn't that the way Belichick operates? The whole when they zig, I zag? I don't know. I think that he would, Gresh, confront reality at this point with the team and say, okay, we're quite conceivably looking forward two weeks and perhaps two losses. We're, we're one and seven. It doesn't do me any good to go and get by ad. Do you mean bring people in at the trade deadline? Yeah, potentially try to find a bargain, try to find somebody, even if they went out and got a right tackle that would not fall down Maybe. every other play. Yeah, but those guys are going to be coming up at the end of the year anyway, so you could just wait for them. <laughs> You know, that's that's what I think. And you have $100 million to spend. That, to me, is what's fascinating because the push coming to shove doesn't necessarily come at the trade deadline because I don't think anybody's going to be lining up at one Patriot place for the Patriots players. But it comes push comes to shove when the offseason begins and you start having conversations about how are we going to approach this offseason when we have a top 10 pick and $100 million worth of cap space which is the second highest in the league at this point. Patriots are in position, even though I do think this team is a battleship and it's going to take a little bit of while to turn it around. You do have an opportunity with what you have in-house 
and on the books between trade, excuse me, draft picks and cap space to, to do some damage next off season. Well, with all that being said, this season still has to play out, uh, Tom. And today you got a Buffalo team, which has a fan base that travels really well. And as we saw with the Red Sox this summer, uh, maybe another stadium that's about to get invaded by, uh, by the op- opposition and what could be an ugly game. Is there, even with this extension, assuming that this is all you know on the up and up here, is there a, a possibility that this season could still go as far south as to maybe open up those conversations again, even though this extension just got signed? I mean, people get fired in an extension. That's not be, it wouldn't be the first one. Sure, yeah. And again, <clears throat> I'm going to reiterate. I, when he says multi-year, if this goes past 2024, I will be gobsmacked. I will be stunned. I'm sure they re-upped him for this year, and there's probably something to keep him in 2024. But from everything I know about this team's timeline, from everything that Robert Kraft has articulated, from everything he's indicated about Rob Mayo, 2025 ain't going to be in the offing because of whatever extension this is. So all that said, um, yeah, I mean, if you, uh, I made my bold prediction today of 37 to 13. I've not been hot this year. <laughs> After four years of heat, I am not hot right now. But I said 37 to 13 Buffalo, and you're going to have a, a sparse crowd that might get angry. So the optics might not be good for ownership either. Where do we stand on Malik Cunningham, in your opinion, right now? I think he's a slash-type prospect in terms of, for those of you who weren't watching football in 1995, when it was really fun to watch Cordell Stewart as he came from Colorado. That's right. Was converted to a wideout then became a quarterback, and he was so friggin' good in his slash role that he became the Steelers' starter and, and, you know, got them pretty far in the playoffs a couple of years. So best-case scenario, he's more of a slash role than I think uh, Lamar Jackson, who was probably a more talented passer coming out of Louisville than um, Malik Cunningham is. But right now I look at him as a stopgap. He's not, hey, let's get him out there, see what he does. Hey, he might make some moves. It's, you know, Mac could turn into a disaster at any time. At least this kid can run around. He's not out there to win the games. He's out there to just give a different look and stop the flood, maybe. Um, I've asked you a couple of questions about the trade deadline coming up here, Tommy, and I guess with uh, you know only a week to go, is this the type of game where you might see certain players getting showcased for the deadline? Oh, boy. <laughs> That's a good question. How do you showcase them? <laughs> I mean, did Bourne... And did Bourne's 10 targets last week represent that? I yeah. can't imagine that. Yeah, I mean, you can look at it and say that maybe it served as a showcase, but they're not in a position where they can say, hey, let's go back there and pound it here to Kendrick Bourne for a while. It's like any port in a storm right now. If it was Devontae Parker open, they would have given it to him. But it's a good question. Um, but I think that that's absolutely – a possibility. Uche's hurt. He probably has the greatest value because he's a, he's a pass rusher. He can get to the quarterback and he might be miscast here, but yeah, uh, it would be an opportunity. Yeah. I wonder if it's the other way. Oh, I know I'm going to, I'm not keeping Mike on Wenu because he's going to make 15 million next year. So you know what? I'll warm him up like he's doing down at Gillette right now. And then instead of putting him in the lineup, 
nah, I'll let him sit another week. Hey, your ankle's still bothering you, kid. And then you can open. I, I don't. I, I don't know if it's the showcase versus the put them in bubble wrap so that you can try to protect them the best you can before the uh, the trade deadline comes along. And there are dudes like Gasecki, Tommy, where I think if they're just like, okay, well, this plan isn't going to work. Let's go get something for this guy. I think that's an easy dude that you don't necessarily have to showcase. It's more of a unique piece for somebody to kind of bring into their organization, like we thought Gasecki was going to be here. Yeah, it's a great point. And he's, you know, one year, I believe, right? One year deal. So yeah, one for five. It, easily tradable. It's funny too, because he might have value elsewhere. It's he's into it. He likes it here. He's a he's a good ad. If I was Bill Belichick and I'm looking at him and I'm looking at Hunter Henry, um and I'm looking at Ezekiel Elliott, quite frankly, I'd say I want these guys around. I like these guys. I like the way they're acting. I talked to Jasicki this week. I said, you were on some ass teams down there in Miami. What do you see from this team right now? He goes, we're going about it the right way. He goes, we're not splintering. Everybody's coming into work, ready to go, wanting to do well. Um, you so. mentioned uh, Gerard Mayo earlier, Tom. What, what do you think this – how do you think this news uh, reached the, the Mayo household today? I'm sure that <laughs> – it, it's not going to change anything because in the end, I'm almost positive I'm going to wind up being correct. It's a two-year deal. It is what we thought it was before. It's, he signed an extension. It takes him through 2024. That satisfies Raps multi-years. The lucrative, of course it's lucrative. So that satisfies the other aspect. Um, now, maybe when Rap was told multi-year, he didn't get an expiration date, but I would be surprised. Again, if it's more than a two-year extension, I would be stunned. And for Mayo, I think that, look, if he doesn't see this as the route to becoming a head coach in a couple of years, I think that he would say, okay, I might, I might need to go someplace else. There's a reason that he's not the defensive coordinator. And that is, in large part, I think, it's a title situation. If you have the title of defensive coordinator, it's hard for you to make a lateral jump to another organization um, if you are a defensive coordinator, it's almost impossible. But if you don't have that label and you don't like the way things are going in two or three years, maybe you can go. I do have to jump off, boys, actually. Sorry. Go do your thing, Tommy. We'll talk to you uh, Tuesday with Gresham Fourier and on uh, Thursdays with uh, uh, Jones and Mego. And literally gone. Tommy's like, I got to go. See you later. Not like it's a busy day down there, news I was, Yeah, anything. I was just going to say, I wonder if uh, somebody was uh, dropping a little uh, intel for our uh, for our friend Tommy Curran. Maybe he'll call back. Well, it's interesting because it well, it's interesting <laughs> because Curran is of the, yeah, it could be multi-year, but multi-year could be two-year. And it is interesting that he is very much of the, if this is past 2024, I'll be stunned. Because then that means Bill's deal. So... That meant that in a year where technic, so here's where I wonder about the whole timing of it. Like right? it's going to be 2024 in a month and a half, right? So it's not going to go to 2025. No, no. Meaning that it's for the 24 season okay. is where Kern is going with it. But that's a one year extension. But well, but that's the thing. Like if if so, in a year in which he named Matt Patricia the offensive coordinator was the last year of his contract, and then they extended and gave him two years. Like, I don't know if Bill Belichick would have been willing to 
roll the dice in the final year of his deal by putting Matty P in there. It just uh, like that's where Plus it he doesn't... thought he was bulletproof, and he is. Well, so. that's the thing, but that's where it doesn't correlate. Like it, that's where I wonder if it's through the twenty five season, just on timing alone. I think it's he would have done that Matty P thing no matter what. He thought that was the best thing for the team. Grant, like that was he really believed that. And if but if you're Kraft though, and you look at that, and Bill's deal was coming up, hey. Preaching that's to the choir the, here. No, but that's the that's where it does that's where I don't it feels like this extension would have had to have been in place before Bill did something like that. Now the the crazy, Or maybe how about this? You get a new offensive coordinator and you lock up Mayo and you get your extension. I mean maybe and then so. Mayo will be the next guy. Maybe that was part of it. Yeah, I mean You and, gotta get rid of these two. And maybe that means and the Bill is worse. But it's funny because Bill didn't wanna Belichick didn't want to stay at the Jets with Parcells looming over. Right. But maybe Mayo isn't as maybe with Mayo it's the hey, you're you're the H C in waiting. Here's how we'll structure it until you da 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 da. And then the guy doesn't leave here because I don't think he really wants to bail. But that's another story for uh, another time. We've got so much more to continue to get to here on WEI Football Sunday. But right now, let's get updated on everything going on. Here's Stiz ready to trend. Now, here's what's trending on WEI. Trending now. The Patriots will host the Bills today at Gillette Stadium. Kickoff at 1 p.m. Josh Uche, Riley Reef, and Keon White have been ruled out. Another 16 players listed as questionable. Some of those players include David Andrews, Ramondre Stevenson, Hunter Henry, Christian Barmore, and Demario Douglas. Per Ian Rappaport, Pop Douglas, who's been dealing with a concussion, is expected to play. Rappaport also reported this morning that during the offseason, Bill Belichick quietly signed a, quote, lucrative contract extension. Coach Belichick spoke with the media earlier this week and spoke on the injury report. Injury reports, it is what it is. It's, we're required to list certain guys in certain areas based on what they do. Um, but we'll see. I mean, guys are working hard to be out there. They're getting better. Um, I think everybody's heading on the right track. And we'll see how it all turns out. The Bruins now 4-0 after beating the Kings 4-2 last night in Los Angeles. Jake DeBrusque did not play after being late for a team meeting. Brad Marchand had two goals and one assist. This is the eighth time in Bruins history that they've won four or more games to start a season. The B's longest such winning streak is six games in the 1937-38 season. The Phillies beat the Diamondbacks last night 6-1. Philly now up on that series 3-2. The Rangers will look to tie up their series against the Strohs tonight. They're down 3-2. They'll be in Houston tonight for Game 6. First pitch at 8.05. And the New England Revolution beat Philadelphia 2-1 last night at Gillette Stadium. I'm Stids. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More WEI Football Sunday coming right up. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. 
Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We're back to WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI. Good morning, congregation. It is the Reverend Arkin here for the scouting report on this Sunday. Brother Gresh, welcome in. Hello, uh, Brother Belichick will be passing the plate today. <laughs> yes, he will. Uh, Brother Kraft as well. Brother Stiz back there on the organ. You know he loves his organ. As we get to the uh, big time here, this is a, a big time scouting report of your Buffalo Bills, a team that the Patriots have had uh, real trouble with the last couple of years, save for that one game where an act of God uh, brought a monsoon to Buffalo and gave the Patriots a win. Other than that, it has been uh, tough sledding here. And it's been tough sledding for the Bills lately, too. Let's get to our last game. Okay, the Bills, sketchy lately, Gresh. They held on. They beat the Giants last Sunday night. It was 14-9, uh, to 9, the final score. The week before that, they got beaten in London by Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. Uh, that Jags loss snapped a three-game win streak, which included their signature win of the year, a 48-20 to 20 thrashing of the Dolphins in Week 4. They beat up everybody. They beat the Raiders, beat Washington, multiple scores. It looked like the Bills were really on track. But back to last Sunday night, Bills got shut out through three quarters and then finally scored a couple of touchdowns in the fourth. Like this one, uh, Josh Allen connecting with Quentin Solomon. Dawson Morris. Trying to turn himself upfield. Allen bouncing, escaping, firing end zone, touchdown, Quentin Morris, in traffic, Morris, the second year man out of Bowling Green, who hasn't been targeted all year. That was their very own Farrell Brown touchdown there, Greg. Oh, my. How about <laughs> very, that? Very exciting for them. My very God. exciting for Quentin Morris, who's so good I forgot his name, even though I just wrote this thing last night. That's all right. Uh, that avoided what would have been an embarrassing upset. Josh Allen, get this, finished with 169 yards passing. Steph Diggs had 100 of those yards, and uh, that's something that we'll get to a little bit later on in the scouting report. But right now, let's get to some offseason changes. So the Bills invested heavy in the O-line this offseason. They were getting a ton of pressure up the middle. They couldn't run with Singletary uh, for basically the whole time he was here. So they ink guards David Edwards and Connor McGovern to free agent deals. Uh, they also added old friend Damian Harris at running back. He just got put on IR with a neck injury. Scary hit last week against the Giants. Uh, they also brought in former Saints wide receiver Deontay Hardy. Saints, uh, or excuse me, the Bills did see a couple important people leave in the offseason. Tremaine Edmonds went to the Bears. And you mentioned this earlier, Gresh. Defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier left the team after last year, took a year off, and plans to coach again next year, but basically said, I've had it with Buffalo. I've had to be in the D coordinator. I'm out of here. I'm going to take some time off to find myself or yep. whatever it is he's doing, and I'll be back after that. He's not some young coach either. No, he's an older guy. It makes me wonder if there's a medical situation going on that they're not sort of uh, talking about, but yeah, I find it weird. And. Sean McDermott was just like, fine, I'll yeah. call it. That's why they got Josh Norman on the practice squad, because Josh Norman almost owes his whole NFL life to Sean McDermott. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, let's get to some previous matchups. 
Thank you, Stiz. It's been a rough ride for the Patriots going against the Bills lately. The only time they beat them, as I mentioned, was uh, God intervened in 2019, that famous win game. Mac Jones, three passes en route to a 14-10 win in Buffalo. Aside from that, it's been ugly since Tom Brady left. Patriots are 1-6 against the Bills and have been outscored. Ready for some big numbers here? Oh, boy. 211 to 115. Dear Lord. That is a uh, minus 94 differential there for you math majors out there. Uh, Their last matchup was week 17 of last season. Bills beat the Patriots 35-23, and that featured two kick returns, four touchdowns by Naeem Himes, including this one to open the game. And here's Himes on the run back, breaking a tackle and taking it past midfield. And down the sideline he goes. This is storybook. An opening kickoff return for Tamar Hamlin. And this place is absolutely going wild. And they did go wild for the rest of the game. Hines would run another one back for a touchdown. That was a pretty, like, it happened against the Patriots, so I didn't love it. But it was a game that didn't really matter to New England all that much, and that was kind of a nice moment, you know, at home with Buffalo for Hamlin and all that stuff. It kind of reminded me, do you remember when that Bills tight end uh, got paralyzed? Uh, it was uh, I forget what his name was Kevin something Edwards maybe oh. but he was a tight end he was par- and that doctor did a special procedure and he walked back into the locker room that year I think it was like 08 or 07 something like that I'll look it up it was when the Patriots Kevin were Everett real- Kevin Everett that was his name thank yep. you very much uh, that was one of those moments too I never rooted for the Buffalo Bills but I remember he came back into the locker room and he pumped up the team and the Patriots still kicked their ass that day but right. you know it was one of those sort of nice moments another one that had to do with the Buffalo Bills um, by the way way Devontae Parker not one but two touchdown passes for Mac Jones in that game and you don't have to worry about Naeem Hines either because he's out for the year with a very serious leg injury he suffered in a jet ski accident in the offseason it wasn't even his fault someone else he was on a jet ski someone else hit him yeah uh, and it really messed his leg up so you're not going to see him out there um, also Mac Jones had three touchdowns in that game week 17 also had three interceptions all right let's get to our players to watch Okay, and main one, obviously, is Josh Allen. He's banged up a bit. When he plays the Patriots, he toys with them when it's not a monsoon. Um, I have no reason to think that Allen's going to be. I know he's got a shoulder injury. Maybe that limits his deep throws, but I don't know. I have no reason to think that Allen's going to be anything short of the master he always is when he plays the Patriots. Yeah, uh, the guy is Brett Favre. He, he can give you two interceptions. What do you do with them? And that's really going to be one of the real sneaky keys to the game today is if Allen gives it to you, what are you doing off of it? If the Bills defense is going to turn around and shut it down after those turnovers, then you ain't taking advantage of nothing. And that's the if you force Josh Allen to be patient, he'll give you one. Yeah. Then you got to do something with it. But Allen's hand is stamped. Really for him, it is the can he ever break through the glass ceiling and make it to a Super Bowl? Yeah, that's the uh, that's the big one for him and for McDermott too. I'd say I would agree. They're both in the, they they, they yeah. both have the uh, the the clock is ticking on them in terms of how long they have to kind of get there. Absolutely, another guy to watch. Steph Diggs demands the ball sometimes to the detriment of the offense. I would think he's still a top flight receiver. But Gresh, I feel like a game like this one. Although J.C. Jackson is back. He used to burn J.C. Jackson. Mm-hmm. If they put the entire defense towards stopping Davis, it used to be, who was it last year? Isaiah McKenzie, remember? He, he killed the Patriots in one of those he games. He was like that fourth wide receiver that burned him once. Yeah, yep. Davis, you know, Cole Beasley's not there anymore, but he was that guy in the pat. Like, it's it's been other guys have been able to do that, but we'll see if Diggs is out there demanding the ball like he was last week against the Giants. There's also Gabe Davis. If the Pats play extra attention to Diggs, Davis has four TDs this year. He's a big target for Allen in the red zone. 
Over on the defensive side, Micah Hyde, one of the best safeties in the league, lurks in the shadows, knocks your head off, and, of course, Von Miller. What can you say about him? Uh, he's been terrorizing the Patriots since the Brady days, and uh, he is back and playing for Buffalo and is probably going to have a bigger role with um, what's-his-name out in the middle there. Um, oh, with uh, Ed Oliver Ed out Oliver. in the middle. I yeah. kept wanting to say Ed Davis, the old police commissioner. It'll be <laughs> it's like I know that's not al- Although he would be a good fill-in because he's massive. He's a big dude, uh, yeah. I wonder, if, uh, I wonder how they'll use Von Miller. You know, is this one of those games where it's, okay, he's healthy and we're going to play him a ton, or do, do, do the Bills have to treat him almost like an NBA player? He's like the Al Horford of the uh, of the Bills, and we can only play him in about uh, 60% of the games, but come playoff time, he'll be great. Yeah. All right, let's get to our rookie spotlights, Diz. So the Bills used their first-round pick on another tight end. Complimenting Dawson Knox, they selected Dalton Kincaid at number 25 out of Utah. He's made an impact already. He's gotten more uh, receptions than Knox and more yards in one fewer game. So he's already become a part of this uh, Buffalo passing offense. In the second round, Buffalo picked up Florida guard Osiris Torrance, who's currently their starter, over on the right side. That, to go along with the two guards they picked up in free agency, shows a real commitment to uh, bulking up that O-line. In the third round, they picked up Tulane linebacker Dorian Williams, who's been getting more reps as the season's gone on. Any thoughts on those rookies? Yeah, I think uh, I'm waiting for the Bills to go to the real two tight end offense because why do you draft Kincaid? Because you want to put both him and Knox on the field at the same time. And uh, I don't know if we've seen the best of those tight ends yet. I got to be honest, I'm more, I'm a little more worried about the Patriots defending both of those tight ends today if they do a good job of kind of handling digs. I think those tight ends up the middle can really eat you up. I'm a big Dalton Kincaid fan. Uh, Osiris Torrance, the Patriots are going to run something at him in a key spot. Does the guy wet himself or is he able to block it up? And, you know, I it, it, hey, we've seen the young guards at times struggle really with twists as well. Give Adam Butler a ton of credit. I went back and watched that play early in the uh, Raiders game. Yeah. Left arm gets up on the right shoulder pad of, uh, of Andrews to where he can't redirect completely set up the twist because the uh, the young guard, Mafia, had his head buried in the defensive lineman. Couldn't see what was coming around. I wonder if there's a little bit of that for Torrance today. We'll see. We will see. Um, all right. Those are the uh, rookies for Buffalo. Let's get to some former Patriots. I say some former Patriots. There's really only one. It's Damian Harris. He would have been the only one on either side uh, that would be in this game that has played for the other team, and he's out. There's only one other active player in the league right now that's played for the Bills and the Patriots. You know who it is? One other player in the league that's played for the Bills or Bills and the Patriots. Active player. Only one. Uh, that would be Steph Gilmore. It would be Steph Gilmore. Yeah. Very good, Gresh. Absolutely. Steph Gilmore. Connor McDermott would have been another one, but he got cut this year. He's a free agent, so that's really it. Damian Harris uh, is the only one, and Steph Gilmore is the only other one in the league that can say that. So uh, not a lot of crossover, not a lot of uh, mixing going on between the Bills and the Pats. And finally, let's get to some enemy storylines. All right, a big one here, and we just touched on this. How many more chances do McDermott and Allen get? Do uh, they come up short again? Is there suddenly going to be a reputation following around Josh Allen as a guy who can't win the big game? Uh, I think that is uh, kind of growing and developing. I don't know if this counts as a big game, but I think for Josh Allen, the real evaluation begins come, what, January 9th when the playoffs are about to start. 
Uh, I don't worry too much about Allen. I figure that he's going to put up a number. I think for the Bills, it's just, you know, make sure this guy doesn't get uh, make sure this guy doesn't get hurt. But I think the Patriots are going to make it tough on the Bills today. The Bills are dealing with their own complex set of problems that are unique to them at this point. True. On what will be a short week turnaround and playing on Thursday night football. Not to mention the fact their offense has been kind of schmeh lately. It is uh, They had those three games in a row where they were blowing everybody out. The last two games, it hasn't been great. Uh, what do you think's wrong with their offense if you had to uh, um, isolate one thing? Well, I think turnovers. I yeah. mean, it's a big factor, and it was, it was early against the Jets that hurt them. Plus, they're, they're still not great Arcana running the ball. Yeah. Like, it feels like this is a team where – when they're if they run the ball on you like they did on the Patriots last year when Allen was you know stiff arming freaking Mac Wilson, <laughs> I mean if I remember correctly they ran the ball pretty well that day. That is the true way to keep that offense on schedule. You take away the run and force it to all be Josh Allen. Yep, he's good enough to beat you, but put all the pressure on that guy. Who wins the East this year, Bills or Dolphins? Oh, I think it's the Bills still. I don't. I'm. I'm again. They're a great high flying offense and stuff, but I feel like with Miami, it's a house of cards. If one of those, if the apple cart gets sort of overturned even a little bit on offense, I wonder if that'll start to crumble down. And I'm not talking about just Tua getting hurt. That clearly would be the sure. biggest thing. Take Tyreek Hill out of that offense for a week or two with a hamstring, and I wonder if they start to sort of struggle a little bit. I feel like the Bills are tougher than the Dolphins. Yeah. I don't know where you're at on I'd that. agree with that, too. I think the Dolphins are a higher-powered offense, and maybe that's all that matters these days, but I think the Bills are more well-rounded. And last question, Gretch. Will the Patriots ever beat Buffalo again? Uh, eventually, yes. Today, I no. am not so sure. <laughs> Will they cover at least? Oh, yes. Uh, oh, no. Wait a minute. Hold on. I got to check out the latest number. Eight and right? a half is what I said. They're the biggest dogs of the whole week. I'll tell and you And they're what, at home. <laughs> that's a, uh, I would, uh, I would probably say they would cover. I think for TV, I went 27-20. Okay. So I'm right in that neighborhood. All right. The sharp money's on them. But you know what? The sharp money was on them last week, too. And then they had a safety in the end zone. And, uh, oh, that, that, that was one of the five worst beats of the year. Swept it right out of there. It was a tough one for Vegas. All right, there you go. That is the Reverend Scouting Report on the Buffalo Bills. Thank you, brother. There we go. And the congregation can now sit down because... Right. Masses ended. Go in peace. Oh, we have the Patriots inactives, and some people are not going to be happy. We have Calvin Anderson, tackle. He's inactive. Juju Smith-Schuster, kind of expected, inactive. Keishon Butte, inactive. Josh Uche, injured, inactive. Keon White still dealing with a concussion. Will Greer is the third quarterback. And Malik Cunningham, inactive. Wow. Cunningham, inactive. Greer's the third, so Zappi's the backup. No Uche, no White. That's tough on your pass rush right there. So, if you were hoping to get pressure on uh, on Allen, I wouldn't be counting on that today. Yeah, this feels like one of those uh, sit back and let him throw it to you type games, yeah. which means you've got to find a way to control the run, which now worries me a little more about the uh, the Buffalo running game. Uh, but the, the fact that there's – so Pop Douglas available. We know Juju's down. So you can look at it and say – well, Juju's down, Pop's available. There's your swap right there. Yeah. Uh, in terms of Malik Cunningham, and again, they haven't listed on the inactives as a quarterback, but we know that he's kind of a jack of all trades. <laughs> or a jack of no trades. Well, that's the thing is that I, I'm I'm because I'm trying to think of the numbers. Like, there was no booty and there's no Juju. However, you have Pop Douglas coming back, 
and you didn't dress Cunningham. So I don't know. Is Gasecki kind of a de facto wide receiver? Because I don't think Jalen Rager is getting any real reps. Is oh, I he? forgot about him. Yeah, they they let he's now I think a part of the permanent active roster now. Okay, yeah, because he had his him. third call up, and so now I think Montgomery's still technically Montgomery is right, still in there so, as well. So what yeah. they're saying is is that. Unless Malik Cunningham, or by the way, they're managing the roster. Hmm. Unless Cunningham can really add something of value in terms of some sort of different look on the offense, he's not even better than the fifth wide receiver that they've got right now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'll I'll just say this. I'm kind of with Cadillac on the idea that maybe Cunningham's not ready to be the starter but can you at least give him a series? He came out and took two snaps. One of them was an RPO where he handed the ball off, and the other one he got sacked. And it's like, you know, that's it. That's all we get to see. I mean, I understand you got to make the most of your opportunities, but one of them was a handoff, and the other one, the line broke down. And it's like, come on. I think the <laughs> and problem. Now he's well, I think the problem is, is that if you bring, uh, you almost have to almost exclusively bring in uh, a guy like Cunningham in short yardage situations. Yeah. Because the problem is if you run it and, and they did it, I think that that whole gimmick, what was supposed to be a pass, wasn't that on first down? And it put him in second and six, 16 or something yeah. like that. That's the problem is that they're not good enough on offense to be able to run consistently what they want to run. And if you go to a gimmick like this and it doesn't work, and you run it on first down, you've all but said the drive's dead because this team doesn't have the ability to overcome. So if you do it on second and two, then maybe it screams a little more as to what you're doing. I just don't know if this offense is good enough to – like when, when they were interjecting trick plays, mm-hmm. the offense was functional enough to where he can set them up. Sure. Right now, if you put Cunningham in the backfield – set up anything. Right. Though, yeah. You're just – I mean, he might as well have the glowing sign over him that just says gimmick play. Here it comes. Yeah. And and I don't I don't I don't know if they can be uh, good enough to get away with that. By the way, this will uh, this is our uh, catches law injury update. The uh, the official law firm of the New England Patriots is the Catches Law Group. If you are injured, contact Catches today. Catcheslaw.com. Again, Calvin Anderson, Juju Smith Schuster, Kayshawn Boudet, Josh Uche, Keon White, Malik Cunningham, Will Greer. Those guys are uh, all inactive today for the Patriots. And we know the guys like, um, excuse me, we know the guys like uh, Christian Gonzalez are done for the year. We know that uh, Matt Judon, I guess they technically didn't put him on IR, although it feels like he is uh, could be done for the year as well. We'll also take a look around the rest of the league, get you some of the uh, bigger inactives, like is Deshaun Watson in or out? Just like people were waiting to see if Hunter Henry would be in or out. We'll uh, bring you some of those next on WEI Football Sunday. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI.
I know that the uh, 49ers do not play until Monday night football, but for some people that are making fantasy football decisions right now at 1146 on WEI Football Sunday, you're sitting there wondering, is Christian McCaffrey going to play? Do I Should I put someone in for McCaffrey if you got him in your uh, lineup? Well, um, according to reports, Christian McCaffrey is expected to play on Monday night. So you are rolling the dice. However, uh, just know that apparently things are uh, breaking in your favor if you do want to put uh, Christian McCaffrey in your uh, in your fantasy lineup. Uh, a couple of things that we've learned already. Uh, Hunter Henry obviously in. He was one of the guys that uh, I know some uh, fantasy folks were uh, waiting on. And it looks like Arcan Deshaun Watson is going to be uh, in today. Yes, which is uh, interesting because he's been god-awful this year, and uh, the Browns did get a nice little boost last week against the Niners. So, I don't know. Um, what's the kid's name that uh, beat a P.J. Walker? Yeah, P.J. Yeah. Walker. He so, was the guy in Carolina last year. He was right. the, uh, what, the MVP of the XFL or something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, XFL guy who I completely wrote him off last week and said there's no way Niners are going to destroy him, and uh, look what happened there. But, yeah, Watson coming back for this one. Um, it is the Colts. So I think that there's a, a chance that they get back on track a little bit with this one, but it's been a uh, it's been a real weird season for Cleveland. So Kareem Hunt is in for the Browns. Uh, he was listed as questionable with a, a strained thigh, active against the uh, the Colts. Lions running back Craig Reynolds is active. For those of you that uh, have to go down that road, even Adam Schefter is pointing out that the all signs point to Christian McCaffrey playing on uh, Monday Night Football. And uh, just looking at a couple of more, uh, the one thing that Schefter did have was that apparently uh, the NFL warned teams there will be significant discipline for fighting before or during games. And, Arkan, you mentioned the the Niners in Cleveland. Yep. Apparently there was a major brouhaha before that game that yeah. uh, the NFL had to try to calm down. I saw, and there was before the Chargers game, too. Someone uh, knocked Eckler or Keenan out. Somebody's helmet clean off. And, uh, yeah, you're seeing a lot of that. Usually I feel like when that happens is because guys start running through the warm-ups, yep. you know, or something. Remember that happened with the Patriots oh, a couple yeah, years yeah. ago? Uh, and I forget who it was exactly, but there was a whole big beef with them, and I think it was the Bills. And uh, guys were mixing it up. It was like three-on-one, and then the whole Bills team ran over. And, you know, those things happen, and I don't often uh, have much of a problem with them. But they're becoming so prevalent now. It seems like every single week you're seeing some big pregame brawl, just like you're seeing some brawl in the yeah, stands. Yeah, which you know? is, oh, yeah, there have been some uh, epic fights all across the uh, the league this year. Uh, also, it looks like running back, well, with running back Kyron Williams and uh, Ronnie Rivers on injured reserve, the Rams apparently are going to have a whole new backfield today. So it's going to be some some balance of Royce Freeman, Daryl Henderson, maybe with some Zach Evans sprinkled in. And I only mention that because I know Rams players are very popular. Right. And if you're at the point to where you got to go to a third or a fourth running back, that's one of the teams that I know people would turn to. I don't know if any of those running backs are necessarily going to go off today. But for those that are trying to find some answers, or if you are a little wonky in terms of playing Christian McCaffrey this week, at least some people that uh, that you might be able to uh, to turn to. Uh, let's see. and apparently Zach Evans was one of the most added players in uh, fantasy football this week. All right, so there you go. There's the best of the uh, inactives, everything that uh, you need to know. I'm still kind of scouring the interwebs to see uh, how the Patriots have the offensive line set up. Our own Cadlick, who is uh, down at Gillette, we talked to him in uh, hour one of WEI Football Sunday. 
he uh, had some photos showing Cole Strange and on Wenu warming up early on. Neither one of those guys are were inactive. Now, I know that, uh, what was it, on Wenu was active but was only available in an emergency situation. Okay. So I don't even know if we're going to get that four-fifths of the regular starting offensive line lineup out there. Sounds like you're going to get a lot more mixing and matching again, which has been the, you know, really theme of the year so far. You, yeah. haven't, you haven't seen a lot of guys start and then play the whole game uh, with uh, the exception of David Andrews, really. I mean, I feel like everywhere, and Trent Brown, too, I guess, but and like Trent the rest Brown. of them. Well, Trent Brown's got the uh, carrot, yeah, the, the money <laughs> carrot dangling in front true, of him. he does. Is that why he, all he's got to do is go out there and start. Yeah. He doesn't have to play great. Do you think there's going to be, and this is just sort of another uh, topic maybe, sure. but do you think there's a market for Trent Brown services at the trade deadline? I I do think I think so. there will be too. I, I, people are like, oh, you're not going to get anything for him. You will. There's teams out there that need help at tackle, and he's played well this year. He's uh, rated high in PFF like he's had a good year. Yeah, and I think the other, if you're going to acquire Trent Brown, he does not have a contract next year. Right, yeah. So if he goes to a good team and plays well. Now, I know Trent Brown said the biggest mistake that he made was leaving New England the first time and going to the Raiders, but I know he went for the money. I've always the Patriots viewed, were good back then. Yeah, I've always <laughs> viewed Trent Brown as one of these guys who just goes for the the money. So if you're a if you're a real deal playoff contender, uh, and Trent Brown is not graded out terribly, plus it's one of those. Okay, can I motivate this guy for ten weeks and a couple of playoff games? I'm with you, Arcan. I think there could be value. I just don't know if you're New England. You're nowhere near in a. This is this is a real sad commentary. Uh, you, you got no one to replace him with. Yeah. Unless you're just going to throw City so. I know there is always the, well, just throw so-and-so in there until you see it for a week and people are getting hurt and yeah. you're like, oh, my God, this guy can't play left tackle. Just put Marshall Newhouse in for a couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, right, exactly. Goes, and, you know, people have brought up Lyle Collins as well. Mm -hmm. Look, there's something off about that situation. There is. Lyle Why Collins. hasn't he been picked up yet? Yeah. It's got to be more than just him being hurt there's got to be some other red flags there that that people don't want to deal with but i know that name has been thrown around but with so many oh look at the giants my god yeah there you could argue that the giants offensive line is on a worse spot than the patriots offensive line and that ain't saying much and this guy law collins can't go out there and get a job so there's got to be something else going on but i'm with you uh and uh mike giardi uh writes uh, Malik Cunningham inactive. Sorry for those of you hoping to see more of the rookie. Will Greer is the third. Then exactly uh, the backup for the Bills. Damar Hamlin is among six inactives for uh, Buffalo. He's not played as much as he did last year. I'd like to think it isn't because of the injury. No, I mean he was like he was playing a lot last year, and he was even playing in that game because Poyer was hurt, right? Or was there we it go. Yeah, someone was yeah, out. One I think it was Poyer. Yeah, out. I think it was Poyer. So it's not like he was some guy that was getting a ton of starts and was playing a ton, you know, even before this all happened. If there's a chance that that you know slowed him down a little bit, I mean, I don't think anybody blames the guy. I kind of believe I'm with you on that. But yeah. you know, if that if that's the case, it's the NFL. You know, he's still on the team. They didn't cut him. Uh, he's still drawing a paycheck. And uh, if someone gets hurt, or someone goes down, he'll probably go in again. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing as last year. Yeah, and if you're inactive, it uh, it happens to a, a a lot of guys that are sort of in that uh, rotational uh, situation. So Fourier is coming up from down at Gillette. We will go through uh, the games of Week 7 in the NFL. For a lot of them, it might be a short trip. 
because there are a couple of high-end games on the Week 7 card this week, and then there's a lot of mid, Mm -hmm. which the overwhelming majority of the NFL right now is you're either in the we're good, we're mid, or we're bad. There doesn't seem to be a lot of sort of in between those sort of tiers, <laughs> yeah, but not a lot of middle class. No, 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 uh, no. Nope. A lot of extremes. A lot of extremes. <laughs> Christian Fourier is a man of extremes. We will talk to him next as we begin the final hour of Weei Football Sunday. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.